Welcome, welcome podcast listeners, old and new. For the last few episodes, we have been more focused on business, music, meditation, sea swimming, drinking pints, all of that good stuff. But we're going to bring it back to something a bit more focused in the health and fitness sphere today. I am joined in this episode by Sarah Colopy. You might know her from her unbelievable recipe reels on Instagram at Sazi Coaching, formerly at Sazi PT. You will understand why I had a little giggle there about halfway through this episode. This episode was a lot of crack to record. Neither of us take ourselves too seriously. Jesus, guys, there's a lot to be learned from this one. And I'm thinking you might be very glad that you decided to listen to this podcast today because it is great fucking crack too. Jesus, guys, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you have a lovely day and enjoy this episode, you beautiful bastard. Jesus, guys. Boom, and we're live. Two PTs doing a podcast with a table full of pints and donuts. Yeah, had to, standard. This is the podcast with Sad CPT. Thank you for coming, Sarah. Made Thank a trip you. all the way down from Limerick. Well, we're not going to pretend you made it all the way down here. I did, of course, made it all the way down no, here. You made, <laughs> you made the trip down here to spend a lovely weekend with the other half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. not in Dundalk in Belfast we, we, we'll make sure nobody is really bringing their other half to Dundalk we made a pit weekend. stop a pit stop pit stop yeah. kill two birds with one stone exactly well I'm not going to throw you under the bus and ask you tell us a little bit about yourself you're yeah. a, a <laughs> I'll do the intros to make Please it a little do. bit easier but now the pressure is on me now if in case I fuck it up just don't fuck it up just don't fuck it up <laughs> so you're a personal trainer mm-hmm. you're currently studying pre and postnatal mm-hmm you're a life coach. Correct. You've studied your precision nutrition, mm-hmm. intro to psychology. Correct. And you did culinary arts. Yes, it is. So you have a wide uh, background. I wear many hats. Many hats. Mm-hmm. Do you, does all of those hats in, get incorporated into your coaching service? Um, yeah, it's funny because when I started off doing culinary arts, culinary arts was like the first course that I did. And I thought I was obviously going to be a chef and worked in kitchens and all that kind of stuff. And I had like a huge like passion for cooking and things. Um, when I decided to like change career, I didn't think that it would ever like come together. But for some reason, all of these little things that I did at different stages of my life just kind of pieced together like a big, like a big puzzle. And now I get to include it every day. So yeah, they all come together. It's funny how many times people are, think of stuff like that, like doing a course and mm. they don't end up getting into a job straight away. Like, oh, waste yeah. of time waste of time but it kind of gives you a different reference point as well mm. like only for that would you think you'd be making all those wapo reels all the, definitely all the recipes not. definitely not um it's the part that i actually really enjoy i thought i'd hate like once the whole reel thing came out i did see other people like creating reels of like recipes and all that kind of stuff and i was like oh, i'd love to do that but then i just never did it i was like always afraid to do it mm. don't know why but, like the first thing that you do is always so daunting so when that came about, I was like, okay, look, I'm just gonna just gonna do it. And when I was posting it, I was so nervous. Like, I was yeah. actually so nervous of one silly little 30 second reel. But they took off, to be fair. Like, I think that's kind of what's making my page grow that much more is because it's like food orientated and stuff. Mm. And people can see that you can eat 
donuts and you can eat cake and you can eat nice things it doesn't have to be so boring and that's what I try to teach my clients as well is just so it's not all so mundane and fucking bland you know mm. there's the first curse of the podcast sorry about that <laughs> swear away to fuck Saws. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good all good and with the the culinary art I'd say it comes in handy when people are let's say oh, I don't like this I don't like that mm. if people are a little bit picky you can probably put some of your expertise to, to use in that front. Yeah. Even like being different ways to cook stuff because I know vegetables is usually a big thing that I mm. find. People don't like eating vegetables, but if you know how to cook them in a way that you can actually eat, because mm. a lot of the time it's texture as well as taste that they don't like. Yeah, if you give me ingredients, I can make a meal for you, like kind of thing. Out of I'll make something, I'll make it interesting. So give me potatoes and a bit of chicken and I'll create something mad. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean you do most of the cooking at home, does it? Uh, we have arguments about this. Oh. So I think I do most of the cooking. Donna thinks he does most of the cooking. But I do most of the cooking. I think <laughs> <laughs> there was a stage where he did. There was a stage where he didn't, to be fair. When I was doing PT, because I was home so late and stuff, yeah. he would be the one that would be home for me and he'd start cooking. But now I've kind of taken over and now he gets all the benefits of all my reels. So. Lovely. I'd yeah. say you're, you're not complaining about that, lad. <laughs> you def- he wouldn't fucking complain would you <laughs> <laughs> you definitely cater to people with sweet tooths anyway with your recipes 100% that's my that's my big thing is sweet tooth got it from my mom it's like I've had about three root canals I have about ten fillings in my teeth <laughs> so yeah I definitely have a sweet tooth and that's kind of what those are the things that people are afraid of I think is the sweet mm. thing people know like that vegetables are good people know like you know the chicken meat protein all that they all know that that's good but they do think that there's like loads of things that are off limits and it's usually the sweet things mm. um so that's why I like to incorporate those and like encourage it I encourage all my clients to have chocolate like every day like every single day <laughs> love that yeah have to are you taking on any clients <laughs> <laughs> might have a space coming yeah. up yeah. <laughs> this I did a challenge in a gym that I will not mention also mm. Uh, well, you did mention the gym. <laughs> um, it's a transformation gym, but they would have been very kind of keto-based, but they wouldn't have mm. called it keto. It would have been, you know, like this is the old-school bodybuilding sort of oh, okay, diet. Yeah, yeah. And they used to have me eating like beef burgers for breakfast with butter poured on top of it with broccoli and a handful of almond, almonds. And if it wasn't having Ooh. beef burgers, it was salmon. Yeah. And salmon i can't i it takes a very tasty salmon for me to even look at now because yeah. the texture of it in my mouth because i used to eat everything cold as like you know most people tupperware tupperware just cold tupperware oh it's it's i'm scarred from salmon cold yeah. salmon and oh, broccoli and the things that like diets like that do to though like, they do just absolutely change you all together rotten could completely turn you off food like completely mm. completely and I wouldn't mind, salmon is one of the only like oily fish that I actually like, so it's a bit fucking annoying now, trying to get all my omegas in. I really want to get into tuna. Like, I'm not into fish at all. I like, I dabble with prawns, but like, it still takes a push and like that little vein that goes through the middle kind of freaks me out a little <laughs> bit, so. But I do, I, really, I want to get into tuna, the macros would be great. <laughs> would you put, pick the vein out if you saw it in chicken? You know, sometimes you see it oh, in chicken. I cut around it and then I just leave that, like I leave a big chunk. Like so I won't just leave that fillet. little, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know the bit at the top where it's all yeah. like white? That's gone. <laughs> 50 grams gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did did did, uh, did you have to adjust your cooking style then to cut them little bits off as well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Donna used to at the start when like I kind of first got started into like tracking calories and things like that and understanding it. And um, Donna used to ring me to be like, "How many grams of this do you want?" <laughs> like when he was making my dinner. What a man. And be weighing it out for me and everything. So yeah. Fair play. Fair yeah, play. He's into it now. So. 
I heard you saying at one stage you had them up on 5,000 calories. Oh, my god! And that was such a struggle for you to just eat your, like, your own food. In, in such terms struggle. Of so, like, how am I meant to sit there, like, after eating my 2,000 and he's there with his 5,000 and, like, he's still not gaining Give on 5,000. Give me another 5, cookie there, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, let's have a corner of yours and then try a corner of everything that he's eating. Like, so, <laughs> an extra 1,000 calories onto my day. But, no, um... We went through a stage there where we were trying to get him to bulk and it was just taking so many calories to get there. Like, so many. Don't know what, it, his metabolism is just not normal. Like, it's just not normal. Mad. Do you, is that something that you maybe discuss with clients in terms of, you know, people who have partners, how they eat with their partners and such? Yeah, so especially, like, mothers that have children. Well, obviously, they have children if they're mothers. But, like, that's, that's one thing that they struggle with is they're trying to make, like, three different dinners because they've got a dinner for them they've got a dinner for their kids and they've got a dinner for their husband mm. and I actually had to have a word with um, my client the other day because she was getting so stressed out because she was trying to juggle all these different things and I was like okay well wait a second you know what you eat and you know what the kids eat so you can kind of incorporate the two and make them kind of similar mm. and if your husband's still kicking off about it he can cook his own dinner like you know what I mean like he's big and bold enough to throw on a piece of meat there like he's mm. absolutely fine but I do find that a lot of women are like, yeah, but my husband doesn't eat that. And it's mm. like, fuck your husband. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 100%. Like, drink. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are playing a drinking game every time Sarah swears we have to drink. Mm. Yeah. But, yep. it, like, you get my point. Like, people, are, people can make their own decisions and people can incorporate things and you can make it flexible like you can make it so that other people eat the same thing that you're eating and like mm. like i said it's not a meal plan like if you're choosing what you're putting on your plate like so you can choose what goes on their plate too mm. and you can broaden their horizon about what they're eating a big part of that then is you know maybe setting the boundary that if you're not interested in eating what i'm eating that you mm. just have to fucking cook your own shit yeah, then exactly that's yeah. what i had to do like when i started all this when i was growing up like my mom wasn't going to go weigh my food like <laughs> She wasn't going to do that. She wasn't no. going to do any of those things. Um, but my mother's also vegetarian, so she didn't touch like a lot of the meat and stuff like that. So I would have had to do that growing up anyway. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. So big part of uh, your your coaching process from the outside in is you know about breaking that binge restrict mm -hmm. cycle. Mm -hmm. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. yeah big. Yeah. yeah. Big part of it. Um, so we we touched on like one thing there, which is you know like eating around your family, eating around kids and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But what other things are, this little fire is just floating <laughs> around my face. What other little things like like that, they pop up quite a bit when you're trying to break those cycles? Um, it generally comes down to the foods that they've like restricted themselves <clears throat> on. So like the binge restrict cycle, it's not, I don't work with eating disorders. I work with disordered eating. So they're two mm. very different things. And I think people can get kind of confused with those things. Do you want to define the difference there just in case somebody hasn't? So disordered yeah. eating is kind of like restrictive tendencies and stuff like that. It's not actually diagnosed as like an eating disorder. An eating disorder is something that you actually need professional, like an eating disorder specialist mm. to work with you for. Um, and it's usually, <clears throat> usually that's like uncontrollable. And like you go into like these patterns of just like gorging and not even realize that you're gorging and things like that that's what binging um now there's loads of different avenues that i could go down with this but to put it like lightly that's what it is it's disordered eating or binge like binge eating mm. disorder so to make it clear i don't work with, dis with, <laughs> with binge eating disorder <laughs> 
But yeah, so generally with most of my clients, it all comes from foods that they've restricted themselves from. Um, so what I get them to do at the start is just to incorporate a little bit more of those foods every single day and like trying to get rid of that fear of mm. eating the food. Um, because when, at the start, when I'm getting them to track their food, what I'll do is I'll get them to track the day before and then I can have a look and be like, okay. Mm. And one of the first things I'll notice is they haven't put in something you know, that they enjoy because mm. in their consultation form, they'll write a list of the things that they deliberately avoid and I'll go and search if that's in there, my fitness plan or not. And if it's not, I'm just like, okay, so I've noticed that you didn't include X, Y, Z. Why is that? And it's mm. like, oh, well, it's like day one. I don't want to like start it off like that. And it's like, start it off like what though? You know? Um, and I kind of dig a little bit deeper into that. So start I it off like what though? <laughs> <laughs> so I get All the sass. <laughs> I get them to dig a little bit deeper and to figure out why they're doing the things that they're doing. Um, and once you kind of get them over that initial fear of actually having those foods and seeing that oh nothing bad actually happened and I was able to have that one bar and it mm. didn't I didn't blow everything out of the water because they think they can't control the amount that they're taking in mm. but they can you know mm. um, it's just that they have these food rules so I try to break those rules that they have and try to show them a different way of doing it basically mm. so that their exact thing of like oh, I'm starting out something so I don't want to don't want to start eating that food too early because yeah. I'm, I'm going to mess things up. Mm -hmm. They probably, they didn't maybe consciously do that, mm -hmm. be like, no, it's an unconscious thing. Yeah. And then with, with you asking them that, it probably just starts that little introspective sort of process or thinking like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, I'm trying to break this sort of cycle, but I'm intentionally avoiding. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of the time uh, when people do start something, they try to do it all right away. Mm. Um, so they'll obviously try to do their food absolutely perfect. They'll try to make sure their protein's perfect. They'll try to make sure they're getting 10,000 steps in. They'll try to make sure they're training that day. They'll do everything absolutely perfect for the first week. And then after that, they can't keep that up because that's mm. not life. Like you can't live like that. Um, so that's the kind of thing that I try to pull people out of and be like, hey, let's just chill a little bit. I know that there's no deadline. You don't have to be like, you're not stepping on stage. Mm. Like I don't work with clients that are competitors. I have taken on clients that do photo shoots, but I do a very different approach to those photo shoots. Um, but yeah, there's no, there's no end date to when you're going to reach your ideal because there is no ideal. Cause mm -hmm. the minute you'll get to that ideal, you'll have a new ideal. Yeah. Um, so I just try to get them to make it more of a lifestyle mm. than, you know, starting something, if you know what I mean. Yeah. hundred percent. One thing that often gets said to me, uh, and I'm sure you get it loads as well is that oh I can't have such and such food in the house because that flies coming over <laughs> you as well no. little fucker I can't have such and such food in the house mm -hmm. can't have cocoa pops in the house or I'll end up just like eating the full box mm. in one day yeah yeah. what's your response to that? Uh, let's buy them <laughs> <laughs> let's buy these things and let's include them every day um, I get them just to have it more frequently but mm. a lot of the time they're afraid to do that and it depends on the level of fear for that client there's lots of different kind of strategies I'll take with it um sometimes I've done this with like a couple of clients when they really are just absolutely terrified they're petrified of having like let's say there's this one girl who had granola mm. and she was just so afraid that she wouldn't be able to control herself around this granola so she bought the box and I was like okay look if you're actually too scared to pour it from the box let's just put them into little sandwich bags so that you can divide it up and you know that there's this many grams in that mm. and then you can work on that for a little while and then eventually you can move away from the bags and then you can just start using the box and then eventually you don't even remember that the granola is there because you're just so used to it you don't care anymore mm. and it's just about like subjecting them to it and getting them used to it it's when i was doing my psychology course they 
they kind of did that with fears with like spiders and things like that. I actually should do it with Donna. Donna's terrified of spiders. And I never thought of about myself. It. No. Pa- involve me in that sort of <laughs> workshop, please. So basically, again, it depends on the level of fear that they have. And you just got to get them uh, used to being around that thing. Mm. So first, it might start off with a picture of a spider. And some people be so afraid that they won't even go near the picture. So eventually, you get them closer to the picture, closer to the picture. And then once you've got them touching the picture, then you can like get a toy spider and like mm. get them closer to that and get them kind of like playing around with that. And then eventually you'll have spiders on your hands and you won't even care. So it's the same kind of thing, but with food. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as scary as spiders. I don't think I could do that, but no. you know, it's the same objective. Yeah. I've heard, um, I've heard a few people speak about that before exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I often try and avoid taking theories from other things like that and taking it into other practices i, yeah. don't, I don't know why but it, it does make real sense but you do that with yeah. food yeah i do it with so many things so many things yeah yeah i that's i taken that approach with getting into the water into the sea mm. because i've gotten i haven't played outdoor sport in about eight years and mm-hmm. up until this year so i've been completely indoors in me lovely warmness yeah. not used to the cold and getting into the sea is just it fucked me the first time I got out after two minutes. Really? Started getting headaches and everything like that. Oh, God. It was windy as fuck. It was choppy. Don't you laugh, Lally. <laughs> I'll fuck you up. Can you swim? <laughs> I can swim. Yeah, so I'm what? I'm confident enough swimming-wise. So is it an actual fear you have of water? It would be a fear of the unknown, of the oh, of all of the deep shit. And then also the cold I'm not used to as well. So okay. that just pro- it heightens there. But you'd be okay in a pool? Be okay in a pool, grand. Not gonna, uh, I can swim very... Yeah. very well so I'd be grand in that front but I was like after that I was like I'm going to start exposing myself to a little bit so the next mm. time I was in for five minutes grand I could have stayed in longer the yeah. other person wanted to leave yeah. and then the next time I got in I was in there 15 minutes grand not yeah. a bother and I was kind of taking that approach but I went into a fucking I, a cryo cryo bath mm. last week or the week before and it was the coldest oh. thing I've ever gotten into and I so. got into about here and I was like, no, that's my exposure for today. I couldn't do it anymore. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could. My legs were purple coming out of it. No. Purple. It gets so cold where it actually, like, when it's winter time and you're outside and you're walking or whatever and you come back in and your hands are so cold and you put them to the fire and they're, like, burning because they're yeah. cold. Like, that, that's my... Ugh. So I got into a jacuzzi after that ice bath and that mm. feeling you get through your legs, all Horrible. the way up through your legs. And the, oh, man. See, the veins then after that, the blood flow must have been mad because the veins are just popping out everywhere. <laughs> it's like, I didn't have veins anywhere on my legs before up until now. It was mad. I hate veins. <laughs> I hate them. I like folding my wrists over because I hate <laughs> I veins. Hate veins. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any other kind of maybe social situations that you find pop up quite a lot that clients find it hard? In terms of kind of breaking those sort of cycles? Um, going over to friends' houses for like, just if they're calling over for like a cup of tea kind of thing, they find it very hard if there's biscuits there or um, if everyone's getting a takeaway and they want a takeaway, they think they can't have it. Or one thing that I find is, like, something that like happens with my family as well is if we're all getting a takeaway, people expect you all to order from the same place. Mm. You don't have to order from the same place. Like, what if you don't like Chinese food? Like, mm. what are you going to do? Eat Chinese food, feel like shit. Like, if you don't want to feel like shit, do you know? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Chinese food, but I know that it just doesn't sit well with me. I mm. generally feel like I've got a hangover the next day after having Chinese. And maybe the MSG doesn't yeah, agree with you. Yeah, it could be something like that. So I'll always order something different. Um, but when I say that to clients or when I say that to friends or whatever, they're like, what? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> it's like, because I don't like it. Like, I'm not going to eat something I don't want. Mm, and that, please you. Yeah, and that's what happens is a lot. I'll ask my clients, I'm like, well, did you want that? And they're like, not really. I just ate it because everyone else is getting it. And it's like, well, learn to like make your own choices and mm. learn to 
to know that you don't have to do what everyone else is doing just because someone might ask you a question about it like it's another business you don't do whatever you want and it's not like you can't have that thing you can't it's just you don't actually want that thing so you're going to order something else Mm. you know because especially if somebody is maybe someone who gets guilty about food Mm -hmm. imagine if they're after eating something that's super high calorie Mm. and they didn't enjoy it and they didn't want to get it they're just going to completely beat themselves up about it and they're going to feel like shit for days Mm. days and days and days but at least if you got the choice you're like right i fucking really enjoyed it yeah exactly that that was definitely a worthwhile takeaway yeah yeah exactly so that is what i do how do you deal with uh mothers who how do you deal with mothers who just keep feeding people piling stuff onto the plate how do you approach that one with clients um i don't think i've actually approached that yet i don't think so man that's something like uh, one of my clients like anytime i go to my mother's house she goes to her mother's house every sunday it's like i literally get like two full plates full of food (laughs) because as soon as you finish the first one takes it off or loads it up onto the Thing. Is this a, a girl or a, a girl. boy? Okay, I was assuming because you're the way moms it's usually are. The other way around. Yeah, because usually moms are like so <laughs> about their boy children mm. and they just do everything further. They want to make sure that they're doing everything. So that actually hasn't come up, but what has come up is clients going home to their family house, all right, and the mother will have stocked up on all of the nice bits because the they know that their daughter is coming home and they want to make sure that like they're doing it out of love like they're doing it because they want to make it really enjoyable for their daughter like so it is really it's a really nice thing but it's something that they don't realize that their daughter is struggling with Mm. um so what i've had to do is to just because they're not at that stage yet where they can actually handle being around that kind of surrounding like you you do have to control your environment for a little while um and eventually you get to the stage where you don't have to think twice about it and it won't bother you Mm. but there is there is a good like depending on the person and how long it takes them to get to that stage like it could be a while before they're able to do that yeah. um so i have had to get them to like have conversations with their parents to be like look i know you're doing that because you're doing it because you love me and you want it to make it really nice but it's just it's really not helping me right now and what would help me is xyz mm. and all that kind of stuff so it's usually just about opening up a conversation and once you have a conversation with someone about it and you tell them why they're acting a certain way or why they might you know prefer something else mm. usually your mother will be like of course that's no problem i'm like they want to help you at the end of the day you know so it's just about opening up that conversation i suppose people are often in their head just avoid them sort of conversation mm. straight away conflict conflict <laughs> yeah. try and avoid it as much as possible yeah yeah they do i'm not someone that does that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i don't avoid conflict <laughs> like that conflict is inevitable in some way shape yeah. or form yeah um in terms of uh breaking the binge eat uh, binge um kind of restrict cycle i'm i know why that's kind of a big thing for you because Mm -hmm. you you enter that yourself yeah um do you think that makes it makes you in a better puts you in a better position to help people who are going through the same thing because you've been there 100 percent. yeah um i don't like i think i think a lot of people have been there they might not have known like there's a lot of people that are probably still there that don't know they're there mm. um like i didn't actually think i was going through it at the time i just thought this was normal because this is what i grew up around i didn't know it was an issue i didn't know it was something you know that was affecting me like mentally because it actually really does have a huge mental effect on you um but i do think me having that experience again led me to where i am today like just with all those different courses that i did like they all just kind of come together like one big jigsaw mm. um so I do think like having that under my belt, I think my clients can relate to me a little bit more about it and I can relate to them and they know that there's no judgment there because, hey, I've been there. I've literally done and said everything that you've just said to me. There's no, there's literally nothing you can say 
that I haven't probably said myself mm. or that I haven't heard already and talked someone through it, you know? So I do think it kind of opens up uh, like a big barrier and a big door that some people have to other people who might not have gone through it, you know? Because mm. a lot of people feel alienated when it comes to mm. coaches, fitness, whatever the fuck you want to call yeah. people who work in Us. the fitness. <laughs> yeah. Us. Yeah, whatever we like are. <laughs> coaches, PTs, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they fight, fight, find themselves alienated, first of all, because maybe they have a body that they the person themselves would like to have but maybe don't feel like they can achieve right now yeah then they're talking about you know i don't know uh, getting to go for cheat meals or whatever like that mm. that's the tip you think think of the tip of fitness influence yeah. or whatever a coach it's like talking about cheat meals you know like you can eat all this and still get in shape yeah. and then be like i'm eating this yeah. but i'm not in shape what's going on yeah. here what's wrong <laughs> that, that's so common the alienation yeah it is and there is a lot of coaches that are out there they're not they're not bad they're not like they don't ever want to say that like I think that they're like that I don't agree with anything they're saying but it's more so that it's just the type of client that I would have would not suit that type of coach so it's all mm. about finding a coach that suits you so for somebody like yourself that's looking for a coach mm-hmm. what would be some red flags to kind of keep in mind um someone like if you're going for a coach that if you're only looking at basically what their Instagram looks like mm. and if you're only looking at them because they look a certain way that's a red flag like don't do that like definitely research your coach and get to know them first like i've actually had a couple of people send inquiries that aren't even following me and it's like well, you obviously don't know what i'm about though so mm. i don't actually take those clients on because it's like okay look i just think you should actually get to know my content for a little mm. while first um because that's something that i've done before is i've rushed into hiring coaches that maybe weren't a good fit for me mm. uh, based on the fact that I'd seen all these other things that they had been doing and I was like oh I want to look like that and Jesus she's really motivating I want to look like her mm. um, so first of all just make sure that you're not doing it based on what they look like and actually get to know the coach first don't just dive straight into it um, the second thing then would be if you're opening a dialogue with that coach make sure that they're actually flexible with you because your approach might be very different to their approach but my approach for even my clients i tweak that depending on the client like Mm. i'll never just be like okay well this is how i do things so this is what we're going to do because that's not going to work for everyone you know um obviously i have a a method that i do that works with the majority of the people that i work with but that's not everyone so there is things that we obviously need to alter and stuff so if your coach isn't willing to alter on like a plan that they've made you or on like your training plan or whatever that's another red flag Mm. um if they kind of belittle you for not making progress, if they aren't empathetic, if they aren't compassionate, if they don't treat you like you would treat your friend, then I don't think it's probably a good fit for you, basically. Mm. A response I've gotten to some of those from talking to coaches who maybe would do them certain sort of things, like mm. they would call a calling out a client for their mm. bullshit or whatever, mm. is that uh, they're paying people to be their coach, not their friend. Mm. Yeah, I don't How like that. How would you that. respond to that? I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to open up to someone who I wasn't comfortable with. Mm. And if someone, if you feel like someone's belittling you or they're calling you out, like you're not going to want to talk to that person. <laughs> like no. you're not going to be like you're going to be almost afraid to tell them whatever's going on. Like you're not going to be comfortable doing that. So, I like obviously you're hiring you're hiring a coach because you a want to get results b you want to improve something about your life already Mm. um c you want to get confidence and you can't do those things without opening up so like i just don't agree with that i just don't think that's right no 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 i and it shuts a lot of people off from opening up yeah then and then in terms if that someone gets coaching down the line 
the chances are the chances of them getting coached again has gone down mm. drastically because of that bad experience yeah and then the next time if they do get coached they're probably gonna be very reluctant to open up yeah and i've coached people who have come from other coaches that have mm. they've been given out there for not losing weight yeah they've been given out there for drinking mm. you know or yeah. told not to come back because they went drinking two days in a row and stuff like that they, those people have actually said to me how hard it was for them to get coached again yeah how hard it was for them to tell me anything that of like real meaning because they were afraid of getting called out mm. so they would only send me food like the, like if let's say i was like oh let, just let me know what, what did you eat today if i just happened to ask them what mm. did you eat today to relieve things out because of being afraid yeah and i was like look i'm after eating a big bowl of cocoa pops now <laughs> Yeah. Like nothing you say to me in terms of food is gonna make me think any less of you. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm not never gonna call you out. Mm. The, the 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 most serious thing I might say is, after saying that's grand, blah blah. Mm. It's like, is that choice fitting in with what you want to do? That's probably yeah. the, the most like, uh, like yeah. It's just bringing awareness out. to what they're doing. Really, that's all you're doing. You're not like giving out to them for it. No, not at all. Yeah. Like, and I think people expect themselves to be perfect. Yeah, uh, that that whole idea of coaches calling you out that feeds into that idea that you need to be perfect in mm. order to make progress. One hundred percent. I even like I've had messages from clients who have had coaches before, and at the start of the message, it'll be like, "Don't kill me," but and it's like, mm. first of all, I will never kill you for anything that you do because at the end of the day, it's your choices that you're doing, and like you're living a life as well at the same time. I don't ever. That's like, like the very first message I send to my client, like when they start on a Monday. Is I'm like just to get this out there. I never, ever, ever expect perfection. Please don't ever think that you have to be 100% all the time because you won't be 100% any mm. of the time. Like that's not. It's not going to happen. So I kind of like to open up that so that they know that okay, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn as we go. And you're not. I'm not going to give you all the information in the first week because you're going to get overwhelmed. You know. Mm. And it's okay to just figure things out. And and like that, I will never. I will never give out to you for anything that you do because you're not doing anything wrong like you're not killing anyone you're not cheating on anyone like you're not doing anything wrong you know so yeah I think that is something that people are afraid of is opening up to other coaches once they've been coached by someone that might have put them into a bad headspace I suppose mm, 100% mm. Um, so you're you're in the similar age as I am I don't know what age are you yeah I'm 27 you're 20 I'm 28 28 yeah. I from from listening to your podcast I, I heard I, I remember you speaking briefly about you know when you got to that age, you didn't expect it. What what you're at now is very different than what you expected your mm. life to be at this stage. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, is that something you notice pop up in terms of clients like other expectations of what their life's going to be when they get to a certain age? You know, I thought I was going to be such and such at this yeah. stage. Yeah. No, Did it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Um, I think everyone kind of has an expectation of what they think their life is going to look like mm. um, by the time they hit a certain age but what did what did uh, what did Saz C, Saz CPT think <laughs> I thought I'd be a chef <laughs> so I did thought I, yeah I thought I'd be a chef but I tried that and it was too hard so I gave up on that <laughs> I thought I would have competed a few times um, In, like on stage yeah thought I would have done that um thought i'd have my fucking house by now but i don't <laughs> it's in the process <laughs> it's in the that process. one's not annoying yeah i can tell no not at all no hasn't absolutely killed me but <laughs> that's in the process that's going and uh, there's lots of things that i thought like my life was going to take in different directions there was one time that i thought i'd just be working in retail um mm. i thought i wanted to just be a manager of i worked for um a sports clothing brand before and I thought that's what I wanted to do there's so many things that I thought I wanted to do but it turns out those weren't any of the things that I wanted to do mm. and I still don't think I'm finished like where I am now I'm so happy and content with and I love where my business is going but I see it 
taking other avenues still being the same business but taking other avenues like i mentioned the i did the intro to psychology so mm. i am actually going to further that and i'd love to be able to bring in counseling into my service um at the moment i bring in like wellness and mindfulness and all that kind of stuff so i'd love to be able to offer because that's something that i actually i would advise to my clients to do a lot is to maybe seek counseling for this topic or maybe we need to talk to somebody else that might be a little bit more knowledgeable in this topic because mm. this sounds to me from an outside perspective that it might be something you need to work on mm. i'd love to be that person that i could actually work like that i wish that was my scope of practice basically because you know at least 50 percent, if not more of those conversations that person's not gonna actually yeah. seek that out yeah i've been in that position yeah. as well and that's actually something i want to do myself in terms Is of it? having that end of yeah. things because more often than not those aspects will influence and aid everything 100 percent. and yeah. if that if that if your mental health or that side of thing mm. is, is, is suffering it's going to affect everything it's going to probably stop you from maybe getting to where you want to physically yeah. or maybe you get to where you want to physically it but doesn't then feel mentally. what you think it was yeah exactly so mm. that's that's a that's a powerful end of things that i think not enough people has that have that kind of yeah all in Mm. And I know people say they have holistic coaching services and things like that, but there's, I don't know anyone who does counseling yeah. alongside coaching. Yeah, so that is what I want to do. I want to bring that in. Like, this, I recommend other people to and other services to my clients for mm. those things that they do need deeper work on. Um, but I want to be that person <laughs> because they're already comfortable talking to me. Do you know what I mean? They're already at that stage where they're telling me what's going on. So it like i could very easily sit down and go through everything with them but it's just it's not my place i can't mm -hmm. do that i do have to draw a line somewhere because that goes out of my scope of practice yeah you know and you can't do that because at the end of the day i'm not fully qualified to do that you know mm -hmm. i only have an intro to like yeah. you know um so that is something that i have a huge interest in is doing something like that so yeah i think it's always evolving and your idea of what you think where you might be at this time probably isn't going to be that mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's probably going to change 10 times over before i get there where did you think you were going to be I started, I went, starting in DCU, thinking I was going to be a physio. Oh, okay. And there's not any money in the world that could pay me to go and do a physio course now. Really? Why? Because I can see that any sort of dogmatic way of thinking, in no matter what shape or form, is is is, is not beneficial. Like physios, are, obviously no offense to physios, but mm. like really good physios will know that it's good to pick from different areas mm -hmm. and different yeah. different things. If I was to go back and do it and to do with injury, I would go back and probably do a master's in sort of injury uh, rehab or whatever specific mm -hmm. area I wanted to get into. Um, I've seen that like osteopaths have different approaches in terms of... What's an osteopath? Osteopath. Is that like so bones and stuff? It's like, bo it's basically like a physio, except it's kind of a different methodology. Okay. So like chiropractor ah, is a yeah, different... Okay. There are three different kind of methodologies yeah. of injury, basically, mm -hmm. or managing body... The body and pain and things mm. like that so initially i would have thought physio is the only way that you can do that yeah but from working in, in an osteopath clinic and hearing that there is other ways and working with other physios that i know mm. that maybe that's not the route to go down mm. um and then after that i was working in pubs worked in this pub that we're in now mm. for a while then i was working in my uncle's pub in london and i was like you know maybe i could manage pubs so it's kind of similar to your story now yeah i was like maybe work isn't going to be where i find my passion it's just mm. going to be something i kind of do and i'll find my passion outside or whatever but then i was like actually no i because i love i love training mm -hmm. i started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu then as well and i was like how can i drink three or four nights a week and be up walk until three or four in the morning and then expect myself to do anything physical yeah you know at a decent level 
Mm-hmm. And then I still wanted to work with teams in the side, so I was like, nah, it's not going to work. Yeah. Do you work with teams now? No, I mostly with individual athletes, mm. but I technically would consider I still work on teams, but obviously with COVID and that, we haven't been able to do much stuff. Yeah. Um, but definitely will get working with teams. What kind of athletes do you work with? Gaelic football most most of the time. Um, some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm. Um, I've worked with a few powerlifters in the past, just kind of helping clear some little niggles here and there. Yeah. Mostly field-based athletes. Um, I do get the odd one, you know, someone could get in touch with me to play tennis or something like that, mm. and they're looking for a little bit of help. Mostly recreational. I sometimes county-level players with Gaelic football, but nothing like nothing elite level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... I think I prefer that level though because it's still incorporate. I I like helping people, like not just with their training, mm. like bigger picture. I'm all about big picture thinking, um, and if you're working with elite athletes, the benefit you can have is so minuscule, mm-hmm. and the risk of failure is very high. Okay. The money is very low. Yeah. The hours are very high, so that's why it's not an area I'd get into. But like okay. when you're working with recreational athletes, you can still help them with the rest of their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And then improve their sport. So that's kind of why I like that. Yeah. You you did jiu jitsu. Brazilian jiu jitsu. Yes. And what else did you do? Uh, played rugby when I was younger. Did play Gaelic football. I went back and played Gaelic football again this year for the first time in eight years. Oh yeah. Body is only recovered from it now. <laughs> and now I'm doing something that breaks up different parts of the body, which is jiu-jitsu. Okay. So I decided, right, I'm doing Gaelic football flat out all summer, and then I'll branch into doing jiu-jitsu. I'm doing a competition in four weeks. So whenever this podcast is out, I'll probably have gotten the shit kicked out of me already. <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, hopefully not. Nah. I am going to get the shit kicked out of me. I still might win, but I'm definitely getting the shit kicked out of me. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully not too bad, though. <laughs> no, not too bad. There's no punching or kicking, so the worst that can happen is a broken limb or that I, I get put asleep from a choke. Oh, okay. Let's not do that. <laughs> let's, not, let's not be put to sleep. Okay. Yeah, but that end of the coaching is only a wee small part. It's like that's more my like kind of interest rather than like, let's say, the main kind of... Yeah. business and is your main business like gen pop mm. yeah 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 it would be uh a lot of times it's people who've done things like slimming world done slimming world, slimming world mm. weight watchers uh they've done restrictive transformations yeah do you know how i can tell that someone's done slimming world when they come to me and they don't they might not have told me it might not be in their consultation they form. don't eat are they uh the, the pasta loads no. of pasta no i'll look at their my fitness pal and there'll be a curly whirly oh. in <laughs> my fitness pal and i'll be like here we go. <laughs> oh, I've got some work to do. Is it sin free, is it? <laughs> they, I don't know what the fuck it is, but it, it just seems to be a big thing in swimming world that you can have curly whirlies. I, I don't know. It's just really weird. So the minute I see a curly whirly, I'm like, do you actually really like curly whirlies? Or are you just eating them because you think they're okay or they're good? And most of the time they're like, well, I suppose I don't really like them that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was their like chocolate fix. But it's like, let's get your actual chocolate fix from chocolate you actually enjoy let's do that How about give that me one? a big bar of green and black style. yeah do you like that do you like dark chocolate no the milk chocolate one is oh do they lovely. do a milk chocolate one i didn't even know that it's lovely because i i kind of like dark chocolate but i don't like the super bit bitterness mm. of it so the milk chocolate one is like 30 or 40 percent oh okay so yeah. it's kind of in between yeah i'm um gonna throw a spanner in the works i'm more of a nestle kind of fan oh yeah not many people are nestle fans but me I am. I de- I'm not picky with chocolate. No, anything at all. <laughs> anything at all. Anything at all. Like sweet stuff, yeah. as long as it's sweet, it's grand. Yeah. Except for Hershey's. I don't like the kind of icky, like sicky fit taste of it. I like Hershey's. Yeah. Yeah. I, although I overate the, the Reese's, because I think that's Hershey's as well, the Reese's pieces. Mm. 
I ate so many of them that now I don't know if I can actually eat them anymore. It's like the same thing with the fucking eggs and bacon. Really? <laughs> yeah. You just eat so many of them that you just, oh, no, can't. Oh, I eat unlimited amount of Reese's. Reese's, that's the next challenge to you. I want you to see a, a Reese's uh, based sweet, sweet oh, there treat. Is. Oh, there have is. you any? I, I have think. them literally in my press right now because I'm just kind of gone off them, but I'll make some. Do you have any recipes on the t- on your page yet? Do you think of Reese's? Um, I don't think so. No, right But I could definitely make it. Like definitely. I fucking love Reese's, man. Love Noted. it. Love Next it. week, coming Holy soon. Holy shit! <laughs> love peanut butter. Love peanut butter. Um, but uh, with with coaching in general, uh, as your approach kind of change from when you started like let's say online coaching which is probably about two or three years ago um, has it gone gotten like a bit more niche let's say towards what you, like it's definitely more niche cycle? um i'll turn away a lot of people that i don't think will benefit from my type of coaching mm. um because there are people that obviously won't always benefit like there's going to be people that are more suited like i said to somebody else um so like I do definitely before I probably would have taken on a lot of people with like a really broad kind of spectrum. Whereas now it's very much focused towards females um, generally from like age 18 to usually like 30 to 40. Um, I do have people that are older than that, but that's kind of my, Name. my genre. Um, Your genre. I'm, my genre. I've not heard that about <laughs> clients before. My genre. <laughs> no, my genre. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I go for. And generally they usually all need help with their relationship with food they've mm. have some pattern of something somewhere under there um yeah that's re- really really just females that need to improve their relationship with food that want to live like a normal life i'm not here to give you one big crazy transformation you might get one anyway like you're gonna get you're gonna get your results either way like you are gonna see like mm. most of my clients are fat loss clients i do have a couple that are like kind of bulking and things like that but the majority of my clients are fat loss clients um so i guess what from well we're both self-employed mm-hmm. right what are the positives and negatives of of being self-employed in the way that we are um, so our positives positives you have complete freedom over your schedule mm. um, you can work from anywhere you want um you get to work with whatever clientele you want so you get to choose who you work with um you get to choose your approach that you use you don't have to answer to anyone else um i'm not someone who takes being bossed around <laughs> so i like to boss myself around <laughs> can we confirm this <laughs> if you tell me to do something i'll generally do the opposite because i just I'm, i don't know i'm a bit of a brat that way i'll go into my psychology about that but <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah those are the positives you get to, you also get to control um to a certain extent you get to control like your income as well you know mm. whereas before like if you if you work for somebody they tell you how much you get paid they tell you how many hours you're going to work and they cap you you mm. know whereas if you want to work more, you can make, you can do that, you know? So I think you just have a lot more opportunities um, when you work for yourself. Mm. So those are the positives, I think. Very well. Have you been like writing these down recently? Cause that was no. lined <laughs> off very well. No, I just, I just really fucking love being self-employed. I just love it. And that's, I'm trying to get done it, go self-employed. Bringing a break to your regularly scheduled program. If you like very much what you're hearing in your ear holes, and you would like to let us know that you think this podcast is not shite, might be a little bit whopper, please share this podcast with your mates, take a wee picture, screenshot, fire it up onto your social media, give us a wee tag. Your mates might like it. They may thank you for letting them know about it. 
If you've been with us for a while, you are a part of the higher training fam. And even if you're a first time listener, you're now a part of the fam anyway. You saw us, you we fool. You can now make your membership to our familia official. You can become a part of the podcast by deciding to be a patron. Patron.com. Patreon.com. <laughs> you can find us up there at the Higher Training Podcast. Or you can go over to the old link on bio on Instagram. You can access our page through there. And by throwing us a couple of quid towards the creation of these episodes and paying myself and the man behind the camera and audio, Mr. Lally, for the work that we put in, you also get some other benefits. You get to help us decide who we're going to get on to the next podcasts. You are going to get to suggest questions. You're going to get to be a part of deciding topics. You also get to see some behind-the-scenes footage, and you are also going to get to see some episodes a little bit earlier than everyone else. You may even get to see some bonus episodes that won't be anywhere else, that maybe you don't trust the general public to listen to. <laughs> we love doing it. I love doing it. And we hope you keep enjoying our ramble chats. Also, if you can find us on Patreon, if you can't get onto the link in bio, there is a link in our description. It's less effort, actually, so just go for that one. Now, we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. I hope you're enjoying the chat I'm having with Saz. She's a fucking legend, and you're going to get on to the negatives of being self-employed. Both the joys. Negatives. Um, negatives. At the start, it's really scary. Uh, you'll have a lot of judgment from other people. You'll have a lot of people who think that you can't do it. Mm. And then you prove those motherfuckers wrong. <laughs> yup, yup. Um, and you will, all, like I said about the judgment, like even like more so about like social media and stuff like that. At the start, it is really scary to like get on social media, but that's mm. where you have to market your business. So that's, you're faced with a lot of things you have to overcome, like in terms of confidence and stuff like that. Um, what else are the negatives? I suppose you are the person that's responsible for absolutely everything. So it's both a positive and it can be a negative as well um what else i can't really think of anything else. i i know for me in terms of i would get guilty if let's say i'm sick or can't oh, walk for yeah. any other sort of way and i feel serious guilt more so that i didn't look after my clients yeah in some sort of way that's the, one of the biggest negatives that i find or that if let's say for in person PT that I can't actually yeah those people have committed they've actually made the decision to go and train yeah to come here and then mm. you know I text them then the night before I'm not well in, yeah yeah that's something as well like you don't have an off switch mm. when you work for yourself um burnout happens really fucking easily really easily um it's something that you do have to learn to manage quite early on if not I think that's why a lot of people don't actually because there are a lot of people who are self-employed who don't last very long being self-employed. Yeah. Um, so and I think that's why it's because you get burnt out or they don't see the payoff right away and then they give up. And it's a lot about like self-belief and stuff like that. But if you don't have the boundaries set in place, you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to give up. Mm. Um, which I've been through many stages at the start where I went to be a guard. Like Donna had to stop me from quitting because I was like, nope, this is too hard, can't do it. I'm too unstable. Like, like as in the. So I'm going to become a guard. Yeah, I thought I wanted to be a guard. There you have it, folks. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I wanted to be a guard. Um, so yeah, I was very close to doing that. The only reason I didn't do that was because I'd have to go and stay in. Is it Tull? No. Where is it? Tullamore? I think it's Tullamore. Um, that's in Limerick anyway. Well, Tipperary. 
<laughs> oh, she is good at the geography. This one. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so bad. Let's not go there. Um, but yeah, so that's the only reason I didn't go there was because I'd have to stay there. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to stay somewhere else during mm. the week and then come home the weekends. Like I want to be at home all the time. <laughs> so that's the only reason that stopped me from being a guard. And I was like, I want a stable environment. I want to know like that I'm getting a wage and that I'm like secure. Cause that's a big thing about like going self employed mm. is you don't know if you're going to be secure or not. Like, and you're, there's going to be a long time where you're not secure mm. and you have to be okay with that and you have to try and figure it out. And there's like that, there's been many times where at the start I almost threw in the towel and I'm so glad I didn't, but there's been many things that I thought I was going to move on to. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. another negative that I would pick out is that you don't have that workplace com- camaraderie. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I would love if there was somewhere that was just like, an office full of online coaches. That would be cool. That actually. would be a buzz. It would that actually would be actually. make going to work easier. Get no work done though. <laughs> yeah. Might not work. I don't know. I'd be quite good at like just throwing in the headphones and fucking yeah. everybody off when they need to get something done. Did you ever try and rent a workspace? No. But I I've, did that. There's somebody had mentioned something about a space somewhere in town and I could be getting on to them about going in with them to to be there yeah because i don't know sometimes like home is like i have a nice little spot there but if somebody calls mm. then i have that feeling where like yeah if, unless i have a call i have something where i actually have to be physically mm. like talking to somebody there's that bit that like it's really rude for me not to go and say hello or yeah. have, a, have a cup of tea with this person yeah you know what i mean no that is a big um that is a big negative you mm. should try and lurking it looking into that workspace thing because i actually did that for a while um i did it in two different offices and it does kind of give you a bit of structure and it gives you a bit of like you've got other people that are a lot of them are self-employed or else they're like other offices and stuff mm. and um they have like communal areas and things so you kind of feel like you're going into the canteen <laughs> to everyone else in their lunch yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. so i do think it does bring that kind of element if you are lacking it you know yeah. um right now i don't feel like i'm lacking it though yeah, I think what I need to do is incorporate more social things into my day. Yeah. But I've noticed that because, like, in London, I don't know, I just would have been in... Well, we live with two other... We live with another couple, so I'd always be at least chatting to them. Mm. And then, obviously, not saying that chatting to the other half... Dana, my other half, isn't chatting to somebody. But, yeah. you know, you're with that person every day. It's a little bit Yeah, different. like living with your family, I suppose. Like, you know, yeah. you're not yeah. going to want to chat to them all the time. Exactly. You know? You're a very social person, though, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say you're extroverted? don't know i love i often go through days where i'd sit at home for two days like yeah you know well, i go for take the dog for a walk and mm. do my best but like some days i'm like no i don't i don't know it's hard to know mm. i don't think there's a definitive line there though that you're either or you can be there's like mixtures of ones mm. i don't tell me i don't remember what the names are and stuff but there are like where your combinations mm. i think i'm an introvert anyway yeah yeah I would say I'd probably be edging towards that because when I was younger anyway, I was very quiet, mm. very quiet. Younger Darren would not have thought that, uh, that I would be in front of lights and I know, can you imagine that you're doing these things? Like this is the Mad. stuff that freaked, freaked me out so much at the start was like doing a podcast, meet, like as in meeting new people before absolutely fucking terrified me. Oh, stop. Hated it. Um, and now like talking on our stories like we, like do you know like these are things Face that I've the never camera, yeah. a few hundred or thousand people looking at what you're looking yeah. at yeah i'll never forget the day that one of my the very first times i actually talked on camera i'd say i recorded it i recorded it on the actual like camera on my phone not on like the <laughs> instagram because i was like i have to watch it back like 10 yeah. times i re-recorded it i'd say about 20 times before i posted it and i cringed so hard and i like i remember my friend wrote me being like oh my god your first like face to camera because before it was like 
I was showing things and I was talking in the background. Uh, whereas, but it wasn't actually on me. So that was a memorable day. Yeah. <laughs> I start. I started with like posting like pictures and, and like loads of writing. Yeah. You know, like loads yeah. of captions and writing all over the place. Yeah. Like, you can always tell it. when someone's new to it as well, can't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. But it's funny, isn't it? Like, with only those small little things of each time you did a story just made you more confident yeah. doing it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and if there is anybody who is starting out coaching or starting out doing stuff with social media, mm. the only way you're going to get better at it is doing more of it and yeah. maybe looking like a fool yeah. for a little while. Or yeah. Doing stuff that you end up looking back on and be like, what the fuck was I at? Yeah. Because I literally do that. With, oh, even even when I look back, when I didn't have a beard, I'm like, what was that man not doing <laughs> with a beard? Why was he trying to be like bare-faced? He looked like a child. <laughs> Never mind the shite that I was talking and yeah. half of that. Yeah. It's funny looking back on the, the early content, though. The thing that gives me the biggest anxiety ever is... I, I'm not on... Well, I am on Facebook, but I don't use Facebook actively. Um... Oh. is getting did you not know that was there that's been there for ages oh. that's been there for ages <laughs> I've been going to grab this empty pint glass two or three times <laughs> please capture that video and that's the promo um, but the thing that like just gets gets me the most is on Facebook when they bring up the statuses that you've written 10 years ago and I'm like oh my god what, the funniest one you can remember off the top of your head I can't it's actually, no I actually can't even talk about it it's, oh, you, you don't want to bring I it I remember it all I'm just not doing it <laughs> I'm actually not love that actually I've goosebumps thinking about it it's so sick <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no we're not going to talk about that but yeah the stuff that you used to post for but you're always going to have stuff that you look back on and you're going to be like what the fuck because at the time you thought you were gas like you thought you yeah, were so yeah. funny putting that up but you're not funny <laughs> You weren't funny putting that up. But with the stories and the podcast or whatever stuff, mm. at least you can look back and be like, it got me to where I am now in terms of that. Oy, spillage. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Looking the fool, let's say, in your earlier stories or you're yeah. not sounding like you would like in your podcast, mm. it got you to where you are. Yeah. And without that, it doesn't you don't get to that point. Exactly, yeah. Um, so that's a big, big thing. And reverting back to something that we were speaking about earlier it's like having like you know the plan and expectations of your life mm-hmm. um, so many people are like oh I want to have kids at this time, age I want to have this sort of job I want to be secure at this time mm. the more do you would you agree that the more you have those sort of ideas in your head the more unhappy you're probably going to be yeah because the more pressure you're putting on yourself like at the mm. end of the day you're constantly looking for I suppose a result mm. um, so I think the more pressure you put on yourself and you can revert this back to even like with coaching and stuff like that. The more pressure your clients put on themselves, the harder the process is for them mm-hmm. and the more kind of draining they find it, the more overwhelming they find it. So like you're going to have people like that who are wanting to have kids or they thought they'd be married by now and now they're putting pressure on themselves to find this person, you know? And it's like, I know that there's a few of my friends that aren't seeing people at the moment, but they really want to be seeing someone and they're not finding that person because they're putting so much pressure on whereas mm. if they just relaxed a little bit and didn't expect it so much they'd just chill out and you know that person would show up you know so it's kind of just like with everything else like that's why i try to tell my clients when they're doing this whole like dieting phase and stuff is try not to think so much about the process itself and just just make this normal just tick the boxes and just think less about it don't talk so much about dieting don't talk so much about these things and they just become really easy and it'll happen is there anything you do every day or every few days to look after the old noggin uh, journaling is something that I'm a big 
fan of. Um, I think it's a really good way to just kind of get everything that's in your head out onto paper. Now, I used to do it every single day, but that was more so to like establish the habit and get into the, the routine of like opening up and like getting my thoughts out. It's not something that I kind of need to do every day now. Um, I kind of do it... I do it more so now because I know it's a tool mm. whereas at the start I had to develop that habit to, to know that that was a tool you know um, so journaling I do to-do lists every single day like I need a to-do list because I just feel like okay once I know everything that's there I can't get overwhelmed I can delegate some of that to either my assistant or I can delegate some of that to the next day I can just figure it out mm. and it just seems less overwhelming um, what else do I do getting outside in fresh air I think that's a big big thing mm. not like just for steps and you know all that all that jazz <laughs> it's it's just so good for your mindset i read a book you might have read it do you read yeah yeah um lost connections i'm actually reading it right now what do you think of it i like it do you okay I don't, okay go on give me your <laughs> i do like it but i i don't think it's as good as everyone makes it out to be no no like it's not like medical advice like that yeah. some people would take it as yeah um, I do think it's good. There's really good parts in it. Um, like the thing about getting outside into nature. Uh, I don't know if you're at that part yet. If you're not, sorry, I'm, I'm ruining it. literally 20 pages left. Okay, correct. Um, so basically just getting outside and surrounding yourself with nature and trying to get away from like seeing traffic and like being on your phone and seeing like mm. even telephone posts. All those things are obviously all man-made things. So what we're trying to do is just bring yourself back to, to square one, which is mm. when you're just in nature and around trees and getting in the oxygen and just taking in other life forms, I suppose, like ducks. Why do you not like it? Um, I can't. So it was a while ago that I read it, so I can't really pinpoint why I don't like it. But I do remember being like, mm, it's kind of a bit tedious. Mm. I found it was a bit tedious. Ah, oh, like it's a tedious enough read. Yeah, I think maybe that was it. I don't think it was that I didn't necessarily agree with anything ah, that was in right, it. I think right, it was right. just more I found it a bit like. Okay, did you listen to it or read it? I read it. I'm not read. very good at listening to audiobooks. Yeah, I'm reading it, and and I I can't listen to stuff like that unless there's somebody really good. Mm. Like my favorite audiobook of all time that I've listened to two of them one of them's kevin hart's because oh. kevin hart is doing that his he's just fucking class you can listen to anything that he does and it'll be good yeah anything yeah. and then the mythos and heroes by stephen fry because stephen fry is just a fucking g okay i love <laughs> I, I love i love listening to uh, him yeah. talk he's just very good yeah he did the harry potters as well and i listened to the philosopher's oh, okay. stone um but that i can't listen but uh i would agree it is a hard read but i most books like that are quite hard to read aren't they um, do you find are you is it just that one that you found that one sticks out and also the power of now Joe Eckhart Eckhart Tolle they're just a bit too spiritual for me like I am I would say I'm quite spiritual you're not woo woo enough for I'm that. not woo woo enough but I also thought maybe I'm just not at that stage yet because there was <clears throat> there was another book that I was reading and I tried to read it too soon before I was ready for it and I remember being like what the fuck is this like absolutely not um, it's called Asking It Is Given I don't, have you read that one? No. That one is extremely woo-woo. So if you're new to reading, absolutely don't pick that one up. <laughs> Wait a little while. Uh, it's all about Abraham and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so yeah, yeah it's a bit um, it's a bit out there. So I tried to read that. That fly. That fly is going to get a thump. <laughs> oh, it, I shouldn't have hit that. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> take, take 10. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, about that book. So oh, I tried yeah. to read it before I was ready to actually take in the information and it was just a no-go. But then after reading other books, I was actually able to absorb it and apply it into my like own life and stuff like that. I don't know where that came from. What were we talking about before that? We're talking about 
talking about things. Oh, you the do things every we do for my. Yeah. Oh yeah, reading. Yeah, <laughs> that's reading. another thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's one. Both of those are t- two things that I've incorporated since <clears> probably about six months before the first lockdown came in. Mm. I was like, I want to start reading because I used to read loads when I was younger, and I yeah. stopped because it was more of a thing that it wasn't seen as a cool thing. Yeah, to it do. wasn't cool back then. So I stopped reading. Mm. I used to love reading. Um, where was I going with that? Reading, journaling, yeah. It started, got yeah. into journaling about two and a half years ago as well. It's Do you do that every day? Not every day, no. Yeah. It was the same as you. Start the process, get make it become a habit. Mm. And then it got to a stage where I'd get annoyed where I didn't do it every day. And then I was like, okay, maybe you need to reevaluate. Yeah. Because when it gets to that stage, you'd like... That's where you, I'm at with it now. Yeah. Yeah. And That's why I fall... Um, if I force myself to do it, yeah. Because they're, like I do know how beneficial it is, but there is a point where like sometimes you don't actually... like. Like I said, it's about having it as a tool and using it as a tool. But at the start, you do need to make it a habit. But that habit doesn't necessarily need to be there all the time. But it's now something that you go back to when you are going through something that's really upsetting you or whatever, you know. Great analogy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one thing I said at the start last year, I'm going to make one good analogy this year. That's and that's it? <laughs> They're always shite. <laughs> no, that was so a good I one. Write that in your journal. Write it in your journal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, journaling, it is, it's really powerful. And I do get, like, I try to get my clients into doing it. And it just always feels really awkward at the start. Um, and it feels really uncomfortable and you don't want to do it. And sometimes you'll show up, like when you are trying to make it that habit, you'll show up to your journal and you have nothing to fucking say. But even if you have nothing to say, just start writing. Like, my first thing is like, today is a good day because... And then I'll figure some little thing. I might be having a fucking terrible day, but I'll figure out one little thing and it could be like, because I get to go to Starbucks and get a coffee. Or it's because I got a text from blah, blah, blah. You know, um, those, like you have to find the little kind of, the little happiness bits. Happiness bits, that's a terrible way of saying it. Silver linings, there we go. Um, You have to find those in your day. And once you start like with that sentence, more things usually do tend to come out and things that you didn't know were there, just like with going to therapy. Um, therapy is something I actively do for my mind as well, all the time. Therapy, we talked about earlier, I just love therapy. I find it really interesting just to learn about your brain and how you act and stuff. Um, but there's been loads of times where I've been so close to cancelling a session because I'm like, I actually feel grand, I've nothing to say, like, what's the point? It's almost like a waste. That's what I was thinking. But every single time you go, you have something to talk about. You don't know it's there, but it's there. And then you end up coming out, you either come out in tears or you'll come out really happy. But even if you do come out in tears, they're good tears because you've worked through whatever you needed to work through that you didn't realize that you had to work through. So therapy is another thing that I do for my mind. So walking, journaling, therapy, to-do lists, reading. Yeah, did I say reading? Yeah, yeah. Twice? Three times. <laughs> <laughs> do you like reading? I like reading, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. What do you read? Um, I'm reading two, so I like to read a self-development book and a, a novel at the same time. I keep like my novel for nighttime. Um, what is that one called? It's not that good, to be honest, the novel one that I'm reading. Um, but the I'm back reading a book that I've read like multiple times. It's The Chim Paradox, my favorite book ever. Um, I find that one just that was what kind of got me started into the psychology aspect and how your brain kind of works. That's what. So, Chim Paradox, basically. Have you read it? No. Okay, so it's basically about your brain, okay, and how your brain works and why you react the way that you do to certain things. So, as I was growing up, I would have been someone who would fly off the handle really easily. Um, 
I would be quite an emotional thinker and emotional reactor. And I realized that those things aren't necessarily going to help me get wherever I want to go. So it wasn't one specific thing that I wanted to do, but it's called the chimp paradox, anger management. (laughs) So uh, not that I need anger management, but I did need help with handling my emotions. So it breaks your brain down into like three separate components. You've got your human, you've got your chimp, and then you've got your computer. So your chimp basically reacts off your emotions. Um, Your human reacts with logic. And then your computer reacts off events that you've already kind of lived through. So they're like automatic kind of behaviors. So it's about controlling your chimp and not letting your chimp take over because he's the strongest one. He's stronger than a human. He's the one that reacts to everything first. But it's about slowing that chimp down and putting that chimp back in its cage and using it when you need to. The chimp isn't bad and it's not good. It's neither. It's just a chimp. So it's about learning how to manage that chimp and to take that into your life. Yeah. Crazy in that, but no. No. It's very taught. It's a very thinking sort of sport. Like yeah. Some people call it chess, like in terms of okay. the sports, because yeah. Generally, the person you're going to be against can probably predict what you're going to do. So you almost yeah. think three or four moves ahead of time at the highest enough level. Just like a podcast. Just like a podcast. Like a podcast. I think six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good book. Like you need, you need to read it. Everyone needs to read it. Like an example of when your chimp will be losing control is, let's say you're driving, mm-hmm. and you're late. You woke up late this morning, and you needed to be somewhere for nine a.m. and it's now ten to nine, and you're stuck in traffic, and you're freaking out, and you're so pissed off because you're stuck in traffic, and it's going to ruin your entire day. That's your chimp that's freaking out. So you need to learn to control that chimp and be like, well, in reality, I'm like, I woke up late. It's my own fault, you know? So I woke up late. I won't do that again. I'll know to learn to wake up a little bit earlier. And I'm in traffic now. I can't exactly drive over these cars. You know, I can't do anything. I'm just fucking sitting here, you know? So I can't go anywhere. So may as well just relax, <laughs> you know, and just let it happen. And that's one thing that I did take away from it because I was someone who would freak out in cars, in traffic. I'd be like so annoyed because you have this expect- expectation for yourself. And like I said, or, or like we were talking about earlier about having expectations and putting that pressure on yourself. You're, that expectation is made up. Like it's not real. Social construct. Yeah, it's a social <laughs> construct. But it is. It's just one of those things that you've made up. It's not, it's not real. If you, can't, you can't touch it. You can't do anything with it. It's just what you expect of yourself. And sometimes you expect too much of yourself. And then that ends up coming back to bite you, you know? You're going to be in traffic regardless. Yeah, so you may as well chill. Like. <laughs> Sometimes my chimp does take over, so. <laughs> we can't be perfect. No, we can't. We cannot be perfect. We can try. <laughs> we can try. Uh, that's after taking away one of my fi- finishing questions about what book would you recommend? That one. That's okay. Yeah. Um, that one and ask it is given when you're ready. Yeah. Just not, yeah, just not straight away. Must have been probably two years ago now, I'd say. Mm. Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, read it again? Maybe read it again, yeah. I don't know. It's, I know I, when I read a book, I don't get those bits as much where I'm like, you know, something I don't agree with. I don't get that, you know, the kind of ick. You're like, oh. mm. I don't get that anymore. 
of times it's like their books aren't made to give perfect information. Yeah. Books are made to sell. Yeah. So, yes, there's probably good information in there mixed in with some other stuff that's mm. going to help us out. Yeah, true. Yeah, One of the other few <coughs> final questions, we're on books now, we're not going to finish on this, but yeah. we're on, on top of it. Is there any quotes that stick out in your head that you actually like? Or flip side, quotes that you think are ridiculous that you like taking piss out of? Um, that one you could have told me to prepare for. <laughs> That's a question you could have told me to prepare for. I can't think of anything. I see. I'm bad at thinking on the spot for things like that. Um, yeah. well, you could have told me this. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thought we were playing on my strengths here. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't think of anything to yeah, be honest. Love is the one that oh, okay. Says. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not ones that I think are good, but the ones that I think are fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so the posts I seen, I don't know from ah uh, this this uh, girl from UK, Sophie Sophie T, I think it is. She does jujitsu, but she's a coach as well. That fly is just in my face. Off. Yeah. Yeah. She put up a thing, a big post. It's like you go back to this lad's house. Basically, sorry, you go back to this lad's house. He's really cool, cute looking, whatever. Yeah. And then you walk into his uh, gaff and then you see Liv laughing. <laughs> and that always sticks out in my head and we're like, right, that's just the most ridiculous. There's people that have that tattooed on their bodies. Like. If you are listening to this and you have a tattooed, I'm not taking the piss out of you. I'm not a person that tattooed. I'm taking the piss. <laughs> I'm not that but. No. It is what it is. It is. I know I can't think of anything. Um, nothing springs to mind, I guarantee you now, later on tonight. I'm like, fuck, why didn't I say that I one? Go on, what's the next one? Well, I'm, I'm going to say a quote that I like, okay? Okay, go for it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Okay, that's so you like that one? I, I, that's the, the longest, the one I can remember the best. I wouldn't say it's my favourite. I suppose it's one of the truest, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I like horror movies. Um, no, horror or like... Thriller. Oh. Thriller. Okay, thriller. So. I misled you there. Yeah, thriller. Um, one that I saw recently was the... What's, is it the sil- Is it called Silent? What's that called? Joe, where we, your man doesn't speak. And they're, they're, they're the big monsters that like go around the place. <laughs> they don't oh. speak. And your man stands on the knee, on the on the nail on the floor, or is it woman? Yeah, the woman's going down a wooden floorboard, and there's a big nail, and she plants her foot over it. Oh, you definitely know it. Anyway, it's that one. <laughs> yeah, what's it called? Ricky Gervais. It's about. Be- <laughs> Steve Carell. No, actually, that's a question. Do you prefer the UK office or the American office? Well, I'm gonna fuck your question up and say that I haven't watched either of them. Wow. I watched one episode of both. The UK office is shit, I think. Really? Yeah, I do think it's shit. Um, the American office, I've just, it's the best. I just put it on and it's just okay. background noise and it's comforting, you know. I will take your advice and listen to it. I do like Steve Carell a lot. I fucking love mm. the, uh, the quiet, a quiet place. A quiet place. There we go. A quiet. The film you just described did not sound like a quiet place. I said it's silent. The silent movie. <laughs> a quiet place. You've seen it. Yeah, the big giveaway was when she Very stood on the on the nail. Oh, um, so that's one of the good ones. That's what I saw recently. Ah. Yeah, um, so that was good. Yeah, that was good. 
Oh yeah, actually, no, he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was good. And what else? Hmm. Lion King is probably one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. Lion King. Animated or original? Animated. No, sorry, not animated. I thought that's what animated was. The original one. The real one. Yeah. No. Um. The the cartoon one. The first one. That's just like a, a childhood comfort kind of one. And Aristocats, that one. Yeah, yeah Aristocats. Like Disney, yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually saw Lion King in London. Uh, yeah, that show. was fucking amazing. That was brilliant. Very good, very good. Yeah. Uh, what is your... Oh, I assume you, you like podcasts seeing as you made a podcast. Yeah, or am I wrong in that? Are you going to ask me what my favourite podcast is? Yeah. Oh, I don't really listen to podcasts. So it's Supremacy <laughs> <laughs> I don't really listen to podcasts. Sorry. Um, I actually, that's a lie. I listen to my therapist ghosted me. Ah, uh, yeah. Have yeah. you ever listened to that? That's been answered three times now. Really? Said, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I do listen to religiously. I don't even listen back to my own podcasts. I don't like doing that. Before the, the I just send them to Catherine. I tell her to do her thing, and then she edits them and up they go. Yeah. I would prefer. I prefer to do that. But then there's sometimes that like if I'm like, oh shit, I did talk about that thing. Maybe I should go back. And then if I play it on a certain spot and I'm like, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so maybe we need to edit that part. <laughs> but yeah, no, I generally don't. Put in the authentic version. Yeah. There's some things though that are, you know, they don't belong in the podcast. But you do solo episodes. Though. I do solo ones and yeah, I've just started doing interviews now. Um, so I've done like an interview series. You know what's so funny? She didn't know where the dog was, but the, one of the first, one of the first interviews and the people she gets on is from and then she ends up being on a podcast with a fella from the dog. Oh yeah, actually. Yeah, uh, Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Smith, Aaron Smith's from Black Rock. I only put that together um, on the way up here. I was like, because I saw Black Rock and I was like, oh. Because he mentioned rock salt and I always remember um, always Aaron putting up about rock salt. Yeah. There's one, there's about five minutes walking the road here. Oh, is there a few of them? There's two of them, yeah. One here in the dog, one of them in Black Rock. Oh, okay. Lovely. Okay. Yeah, these are not heading away too early to be a good spot to get that. Okay. Lovely coffee. No, it is. Like no Starbucks around here, no. There is a Starbucks, but I would. Okay, I'll tell you what. Ice, Starbucks coconut, is. latte, sugary like here. 10 minutes away, but if you like good coffee. <laughs> I do, I like Starbucks. <laughs> With sugar free uh, caramel syrup. <laughs> there is, there's one about 10 minutes away. It's rock salt, cinnamon buns. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's Chloe that makes them. I could be wrong, but she did the fuck. Does it have icing? The white icing? Icing. Yes, it's just fucking unbelievable. It's massive. Cinnamon buns are it's my massive. absolute favourite thing. What's your favourite food? Okay, we're going to have to categorise this because I love Okay, this. desserts. Desserts. Oh, I can't be Biscoff cheesecake, man. Really? I don't know. I love, I love cheesecake. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Yes, I have. What do you think? It's too expensive for me during the It is quite expensive. But I got one slice of cheesecake and it was worth it. I put it into my fitness pal to see how many calories a slice of. 900. <laughs> no, 2,000. Fuck off. They're huge. They're absolutely huge. Makes sense. They are huge. We went when we were in Dubai that time and done a. Or, Dubai. Yeah. Actually, Dubai is probably the best place that I've been to for like dessert food. Because they have like Cinnabon, they have Cheesecake Factory, they have Froyo everywhere. It's just unreal. Um. But yeah, Donna, when we went there, 
he made a point of going there every day and getting a cheesecake slice oh, to wow. take away and he'd be so full and feeling so sick but yet he'd be there with his work <laughs> so yeah uh, cheesecake factory is is good Class. it's good your favorite cheesecake though cinnabon cinnabon yeah mm, yeah but it has to be cinnabon or actual american like the yeah. actual brand yeah i've never had a cinnabon oh my god do you see my recreation that i made on reels no that's the closest I've had to one that tasted like that. Plugging myself here, but why is it? Is it like, is it that light and crispy? It's massive. Oh. It's absolutely massive, and it's so doughy. It's not like pastry because the other way, like cinnamon, cinnabons that you see now are like a lot of the time they're like kind of like Danish pastry kind of stuff. This is like proper dough, and it has like so much frosting, and it's just okay. yeah. Have you have to try. You have to go to Dubai. Dubai and I think it's only like one side of America that do them. I don't think it's everywhere. Dubai. Get yourself yeah. to Dubai. That's probably closer. Right, yeah, let's go. We were uh, meant to go in March. Uh, right then, savory food then. I'm going to have to think of. I'm a Mexican type of person. I do love Mexican. I would say if, if somebody makes me a good taco, that's probably the mm. best. Yeah. And like none of that hard shell set. No, set. soft one. See if somebody mm. tries to come out. See if I... No, like I'm a snob when it comes to next food. I just have to realise now. But see if someone <laughs> comes at me with a hard shell taco. This is get uh, the fuck out of my face. Fuck that shit. This is passionate. <laughs> so, so, somebody said to me recently, and I had to hold it in. They're so, oh, make the tacos. It's gonna be hard shell, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Okay, no, I'm not going to that event. I'm sorry. No, no I, I agree. Don't. I agree. It has to be soft. It has, it to, be has soft. to be soft. Do you know what I don't like? So burritos. I love burritos. But you can't do it with a fajita type wrap. Do you ever see that? People, uh, it's like I, I've ordered a burrito before and it's come in that fajita type wrap. And I'm like, this isn't a burrito. This is actually a fajita. You know, and it's, it's just so frustrating. It's like, I've, I've come here. And there's no rice in the fajita. There's no rice. It's just fajita. And there's no beans. They're trying to put peppers yeah. in it. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> Go away to that. Yeah, no, I'm a big burrito fan now. Big burrito fan. But you can't buy them. You actually can't buy the little wraps. I, I like how she's particular about the Mexican as well. Like, have you been able to buy the wrap that isn't a fajita wrap? Because they're corn, I think. Oh, I've looked into... I've even, like... I've oh, tried yeah. to order them online, like, the the proper ones. And I just can't find them online. Can't get all the El Paso ones. Well, yeah, but they're not the same. But they have the corn ones. Yeah, but they're not the same. That's, Wait, like... corn ones for burritos? Yeah, so apparently it's, like, a corn one. But the other way, like, when you get it... Have you had Bujum? Yeah. So the other way, it's, like, kind of stretchy. Try and stretch it old El Paso and you won't be able to do it. No. You know, so it has to be like the stretchy one. So I've searched yeah, Amazon, right. I've searched everything, you just can't get it. No, I've not gotten a burrito, a proper burrito wrap in this house. I've mm. gotten good burritos. The nothing beats, I've gotten Chipotle in America. Yeah. I actually haven't had That's that. The best burrito I've ever had. Like, I oh, heard Taco Bell is pretty shit. Lie. That's a lie. There's these dodgy, not dodgy, okay. Not dodgy, but these, little, <laughs> let's say, they're not, not super. Yeah, Are you digging a, <laughs> digging a hole? So let's say local little Mexican um, burrito places that I used to go to in San Francisco. Okay. Because we lived in like the... Was San Fran where you did the J1? Where I did the J1. Yeah. There was a place, what was the name of it? Not the Haight-Ashbury. Wherever it was, it would have been known as a, maybe a rougher area. Mm. Um, but there was loads of lovely little Mexican like kind of cantinas around. Yeah. And I used to go open the lunch there all the time. Get 
that's where I fucking genuinely love going to Mexico. I need to go to San Fran. Never been. Very expensive. Yeah. Lovely spot. Um, but very expensive. I'd love to live there. Couldn't afford it. I haven't travelled enough of like America. Mm. Like I've only been like Boston, New York, kind of like the standard places. But it was also when I was younger, so I feel like I didn't like actually get to like experience them. West Coast Mexican food. Yeah, I need to like, try it. Like, obviously Mexican next to like, <laughs> Probably better go to Mexico. What, what we would it, it, associate with Mexican food is probably more closer to East Coast America, West Coast. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Food. It's kind of like with Chinese. Chinese food that we get in, our Chineses here aren't anything like the food that they eat over there. Exactly. Um, I remember getting fajitas in Cozumel in Mexico. We mm. were a cruise when I was younger. And it, it didn't come out didn't come out like inside the wrap already and I was like this is so strange and before I'd ever gone gotten fajitas over here and you know yeah. it comes out with just the meat and then you put it all in we've actually had a conversation for 10 minutes about fajitas yeah. <laughs> like, I've just realised that <laughs> this is the type of shit that I really <laughs> want to talk about fuck everything else we want to talk about fajitas <laughs> exactly and fuck our shells just yeah. in case just in case, case that wasn't clear yeah yeah mod 10 right we're down to the last four well I didn't need to say four, but we're down to the last four questions or the four like things we're going to talk about. Um, they're not actually questions; they're statements. So this is a quick fire, rapid fire. But uh, you, now, by rapid by rapid fire, I mean I'm not going to say anything else apart from these things. Okay. You can go for as long as you want. Okay. It can be a soliloquy if you need it to be, and if you don't know what a soliloquy is, it's you know when Hamlet looks into the thing to be or not to be. Yeah, I didn't, as you can tell. Okay, I'm going to put them out there in the form of hashtags. So imagine this is a post that you've seen someone put up and they've put the hashtag at the bottom. Okay. I want you to respond it to whatever way you feel appropriate. Okay. Hashtag bread is bad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They all go for that. They all think that bread makes them look. That bread does not make you look. It's not the bread. There's no, no issue with the bread. The issue is with the way you're eating it. So it's probably that you're eating it running out the door. It's probably that you're eating it in a large volume. It's probably that you're not actually paying attention to how you're eating. You might be eating it when you're in a stressed state. Those are the things that are causing your growth. Generally speaking, like we all just say generally speaking, say we're, but generally speaking, that's what the issue is. It's not the fucking bread. Mm. Boom. <laughs> love it. Love it. In external versus internal validation. You're not supposed to say, you're supposed to pretend that it's just <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Boom. <laughs> Examples. Well, that in in other cases of external and in, internal 
validation if people don't understand um, so like external validation could be like you rely heavily on say you put up a facebook post or an instagram post or whatever and you care a lot about the likes it gets the comments it gets how many shares it gets you're caring all the time about what people think and that's how you value yourself mm. internal validation you can reassure yourself it's all about like self-assurance and um, and if you can't self-assure yourself generally speaking you are going to be quite insecure you're going to be not very confident you're not going to do things you want to do because you're going to let the opinions and the values of others hold yourself back mm. um, so it's really important to have a strong sense of internal validation you can have um, external validation too and it be a good thing but not when it's like a really heavily balanced on one side you know mm. so there has to be like a good 50 50 going on mm. where you've got internal and external i had a similar i had a I had a conversation with a client who plays football and who was kind of told by a coach uh, why she wasn't to- played in the game, played in the game, uh, played in a final. She actually played every game up until the final, and then he dropped her for the final, which is always a oh a strange thing. Always like, obviously, I don't know. I don't see all the games, but maybe it was warranted. Either way, there was no kind of conversation brokered between the two of them. Or like as to why she didn't get there. But we were chatting back and forward, and for for every training since then, the only purpose for well not the only purpose, but one of the purpose for herself in her head was to kind of get herself back onto the team, so get that external validation yeah. that she's good enough mm. to be on the team. Exactly, which is a funny one with athletes because if you don't get on the team, you can't play. Yeah. So it's a strange one, but mm. that we end up speaking about. It. I didn't say it to her, but. I didn't actually get a chance to like have the, a call or chat with her, but she turned around to me and said that she had sat down and figured out why she actually played Gaelic football and went to training in the first place, and none of the reasons was to get on the team or to please okay. the manager. And now since then, she's like, I actually really enjoyed training so much more. Yeah. I'm not worried as much about it. And for some people, you just can't achieve what others... Well, yeah. most of the time, you're not going to be able to achieve what others can yeah. do. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's different. That was on 
Loved it. Love it though. Love it. This is the whole idea of these little <laughs> things. Hashtag food guilt. I do that without breaking up with anybody sometimes. you broke it then no but you broke you broke it then and be like if you went to court you're not guilty of anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You no it's just something you, that guilt is literally there's nobody putting on yourself yeah. on yourself You, you said one thing there about the food is fuel and that used to be something I would have said before in the past. Yeah, food is fuel. Now sometimes what I will like, if somebody's saying something to me, I might like jokingly be like, oh yeah, food is fuel. Yeah. But then I'll be like, food is also an experience. Yeah. Food can also be joy. Food like, yeah. you know. It's also hugely social. Yeah. Let's All let's show them show yeah, them. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't open them earlier. Have we go? Zoom into them motherfuckers. I can see that. The Biscoff comes to mind straight away. <laughs> see Biscoff, man. I just love that shit. Mine is, the red, that's, that's so is it? Yeah. 
There's no jam in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. But Dad yeah, jokes. Everything, like every social event you go to, there's going to be some form of food or drink or something. You know, yeah, you can make it up and stuff, but there is going to be some element of it. And it's there to be enjoyed and like that as an experience. 100%. Language is powerful. Yeah. Language is Massive. Mm. Hashtag habits will take you further than motivation. Class. I do build motivational quotes. Did you? And I picked out ones that like weren't that cringy and I thought that one was okay, but obviously it wasn't. <laughs> I didn't pick it out because it was cringy. I wanted you to go into more detail about what that means. Okay, well so habits will get you first and motivation ever again. Uh basically a lot of people come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm not motivated today or I I was re- I had myself crown champion this competition I'm doing in three or four weeks on Wednesday. I after rolling I was like, I'm, I'm the man. And then the day after I couldn't turn to the left because my neck was so sore. I'm like I'm not even going to be able to do this tournament. <laughs> so that's how quickly motivation can change. I'll record a story and, and motivate myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny though, sometimes that shit actually helps. Because you, you, you put it out there, so people now have this expectation. Maybe it's a bad thing. Well, maybe it's a bad thing. Sometimes social pressure can be good. Yeah. Okay. So, like, for example, this event that I'm doing tomorrow, yeah, there's, there's some. Hmm? There's going to be people at it. There's going to be people at it, so I have to do it. Yeah. 
I can't stay here and drink loads. Yeah. Lo- I can, but I'll be very. It'd be very hard for me to get up tomorrow yeah. morning. Yeah. I'll not be my chirpy chatty self yeah. when I get there. I don't know how chirpy and chatty. Are. Kind of. Monday and Friday, I'm the most morning person ever. Yeah. See, whenever I'm working from home, I find it hard to yeah. get up at the, uh, at a s- similarly early time. What time do you get up if you have to? For half five. Half six, seven o'clock, yeah. depending yeah. on the day. They usually say that you should try to keep the same time every day. Mm. Don't I've tried half five on the days where I'm not. I'm tired though, half five is just hard. It is hard. hard I'm for sessions at seven o'clock. I don't like going straight into PT, like after yeah. being straight awake. I like having reading, yeah. doing a little bit of something just half to get the head right. Yeah. Mm. But uh, maybe I should try and get up at half five every morning. You could go for an afternoon. Maybe, maybe so. It probably would. Yeah. It only makes sense. There you go. That's the reminder I needed. Yeah. There you go. Pigs <laughs> get pigs getting up at half five every morning now. Question. It's thrown out there. What? Pig. Yeah. I've done this in the, la- the literally the last episode, but I'll recap it again. So, long story short, used to be a little bit chubby when I was younger. Okay. So that's the, ca- the caveat. Uh, known for massive feeds after nice nights out. So when I'm hang o- hung over, I used to like the story where I ga- gained the name was literally we were in the marshes, which is a shopping centre down the road, and there's a food court there. It's got KFC, Subway, and Burger King, and we got a, I got a bucket of KFC chicken, so like six pieces and chips, or yeah. whatever else. I gobbled that standard. standard. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, here lads, I'm way to Subway, and I got a foot long from Subway, and then I ate the Subway, the whole lot of it. Yeah. And when the boys is like, you're a pig, no, you are the pig. Herty, Herty, literally fucking Herty, uh, prick, uh, turn around, no, you are the pig, you're the pig, and then I started being friends with this group of lads, and Herty started calling me pig around them, everyone started calling me pig, and then it just kind of grew from there. How did you feel about that? Initially, it was very annoying, yeah. but then I was like, but you twisted it and made it positive. I twisted it and made it positive, I was like, these are... These are going to keep calling me pig. If I get annoyed, they're going to keep calling me it mm. even more. Or I can twist that and be like, you know what? Yeah. I don't really give a fuck. Because yeah. at the time, I was probably in, I was probably in one of the like, best aesthetic shapes as well when they started calling me it, so I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was, oh, I was shredder. I didn't really care. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm looking back and it's kind of funny that I'm called pig. Uh, I actually can't eat as much as I used to eat. Yeah, I don't think I can either. No, I'm... Pack it in. I just don't like like getting to that level of fullness anymore. No, neither do I. It's um, not a pleasant feeling. Why are you laughing over there? <laughs> 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 Last time I was talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> SNM fam, say no more. No, I actually don't. I don't ever get to that point anymore. Mm. Um, there is times where I've gone past the point of fullness, yeah, mm. but not like to the point where you're like, don't feel actually sick. Now you have to lie down for like half yeah. an hour. Yeah, no. Mm. No, agreed, agreed. So that's that's all all the hashtag that's everything for me. Do you have any questions? Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> this is the point where I expect no response. So this is what I like to add into the end of my podcast recently. Ooh. What was your first email address? Ah. Oh my god. 
Please don't laugh. M- Mac slash pimp 2k7. <laughs> at some sort of hotmail or something.com. What age were you when you did this? 2k7. So I would have been 14. 14? No, no, no. 13. The youngest 13. <laughs> the youngest pimp. Balls probably didn't even drop at that stage. Your dick. What you, what you mean I can't ask you? You're on my fucking podcast. What's your What's your first email address? That's a good one. That's a good one. I asked a few of my last guests and sisters this is very funny. They all died. Yeah. Like, you only think about it, like, you might have put that on a CV. <laughs> I definitely didn't put that on any CV. I wouldn't let that anywhere near any CV. It, that email is eradicated from existence. <laughs> oh, have you ever had an other half on Bebo? Yeah. Who did I have as another half? I definitely had one of my mates down bringing as my other half for ages just as a pure piss take, just for ages. But I don't know anyone. I think I might have been catfish when I was on, um, on Bebo. No way. I thought I was other half with Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> that was my other half for ages. It was Johnny Knoxville. Obviously, fucking wasn't Johnny Knoxville. Like, but there's me, fucking 12-year-old Sarah, thinking I'm other half. But, like, why would Johnny Knoxville want the other half of a 12-year-old girl? <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Yeah, that's mad. The thing is that Oh man, Bebo was madness. Madness. I'd love to have my husband. Man, I'd love to see what my last flat you remember the flash box you used to used to have like the videos it could be in and I'd love to know what my last I'd love to know mine was probably like DJ Cammy. Cause every time we touch I get this feeling or something like that. Oh, uh, the road of flow, gonna play the game, gonna roll the dice once or twice. You got me, you got me, go. I did it, bad boy. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, man. Love that. Bring back the Bebo days. I'd love if they just like. Bring back MC Smallies, right? MC Pat Flynn, Shredder, MC Pat Flynn, bring him back too. <laughs> oh, what, what song did MC Plaflin Plaf have? Get on your knees. G- get on your knees. Get on your knees. Man, some lyrics in general, in terms of rap, and it's just crazy. I used to be listening to like Eminem at eleven, like talking about like fucking. I, I don't even know. My mom was probably like, "This child is gonna be devil spawn." <laughs> Listen to that. It's mad. I'm definitely more conscious about the music I listen to in terms of the content of it now. I think now I so I do I do really like like aggressive music. I do like that. But some of the stuff though nowadays, like some of the stuff that's like recently new, specifically by like English kind of um, rappers and stuff. 
Do you actually think that's okay to do that to a human being? <laughs> oh man, it's a madness. All I know is that there's a drill song now that mentions something about Drawhead and Dundalk. So, Dundalk's in the map. That's all I know. You don't know, fam. You don't know. Look, they did indeed. Yup, the rubber bandits. Very good. Very good. Any chance? Will you come 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 out to my podcast playing boy, will you please? I'd like to talk to you. You're a nice chap. I'll wear a plastic bag too. <laughs> yup. Well that's No, I didn't I didn't think so. Do you work at Tesco? Do you know where he sources his bags? Uh I don't, but I'd probably find out. There you go. No more questions? No, Boom. That's that's all from me. That was an absolute fucking epic episode. Thank you for coming along. Um, and if people haven't already heard of your podcast, sit down with Saz. Yeah. You have five episodes. I think I have more now. I think. When's the last time you checked? Yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, there'll be one on Monday. Oh. And then there's like four or five more. Well, however many episodes, there's loaded them up there. Um, there's another one with another Dundalk fella. Aaron Smith, you probably should check out. But he's from Dundalk. You know where it is now? Could you point it out in the map? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, the rock It's not in Dublin. It's not Clondalkin. Okay. I don't think I thought it was that. Okay, that was just that's where my head goes first time. Uh you're you have an ebook breaking binge Breaking the Cycle. Breaking the Cycle. Go and get it. And go and follow it. At says CPT, but I heard you're trying to, you're thinking of something to change. Yeah, I'm just trying to move away from the actual PT. Mmm. Mm. Why? I don't think it fits with what I do. Um, at the start, I was always doing obviously personal training. Um, but I think now, when people see just PT, they think you're a PT and you're on a training program. Let me know whenever you figure that out because I have no idea what to call myself either. Why do you want to change too? Well, I've coach. Yeah. But people still would call me a PT, whereas like that's I only think like two they days a week. Will because there is people that like who aren't like heavily in the fitness industry that like would just automatically assume a PT means that you know anyone who does any sort of fitness position is a PT. Mm. I would agree. I don't um, think don't think PT even begins to touch no. touch on it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Change everything. At the moment, it's at So go and follow that. Underscore PT. Oh, I fucked it. I fucked it, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening. Whoever's listening this, and yeah, subscribe all that jazz. Lally, Lally. Without Lally, this podcast wouldn't would would not be where 
where it is is in there wouldn't be cameras there wouldn't be any lights We have some videos and stuff of it, yeah, that we could put up, like little. Like when I first saw it, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was expecting a phone. <laughs> Can't actually <laughs> He does his business very well. Yeah. So if you also have a podcast, you're in the area, give him a shout. You'll have your podcast in tip toppy shape. And thank you for Anthony McGuinness for giving us this pub. I'm not paying for these pints. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>